Oh man, how about that worship? Come on. That's my squad. That's my team. I love it. I love singing songs of praise to God, lifting it up. And uh, not about performance, but about the presence is what we're about here at Radiate. Thank you, Pastor, for honoring me. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to, uh, to speak on your platform that God has blessed you with. Um, hope you're enjoying vacation. He's been on vacation this, this uh, month of July to spend time with family and to rest. And so we just honor you. Hey, and Pastor is actually celebrating a birthday tomorrow. Can we just wish him a happy birthday real quick? I'm sure he's watching online right now. Hey, how about this? Take a step. Let's sing him happy birthday. Let's do it together. Can we do that? On three, one, two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Pastor Brandon. Happy birthday to you. One more time. Come on. We love you, Pastor. We miss you. We can't wait for you to be back. Hey, we welcome our online campus right now. They're joining us live on Facebook and YouTube. Can we give it up for them that are online? Listen, we got people from all over tuning in to worship with you guys here. And so it's really cool. I um, just want to introduce myself. Uh, my name is Chris Kelly. Uh, I get the privilege of being the worship and creative pastor here at Radiate Church. And I love it. I love leading our teams of creatives that we worship God through lights and music and uh, social media and all these things. Really quick, can I just hear my creative team just yell out one time? Where are we at? Okay. That's my squad. That's my team. Listen, I, I, I love serving with them. Amazing world changers. They make days like today happen from the lights to the, me sounding good on a microphone to broadcast everyone online. If it wasn't for our team of creatives, we wouldn't have those things. So can we just give it up for them one time and just thank them for how they serve on stage and behind the scenes. That's my squad. But uh, that's what I do here. I love um, just serving you guys and serving the kingdom with you guys. And so uh, really quick, I got some pictures. I want to introduce you to my family, my personal squad. This is my wife, Hope, who's on the front row as well. Beautiful as ever. I love her. And then I got another one here. Here's my entire squad. We got Grayson on the left and Cleo on the right. Grayson's four. Cleo's a year and a half. And we're expecting our third and final child, the Trinity. Um, no name yet to announce, but uh, we're expecting a little boy in November. So it's really excited. God, whew, I'm trying to get emotional. God has blessed us. Yep, this is the, us on vacation them loving this, the sand underneath their toes. So like, that's my girls, um, why I do life. And um, other than God, like, wouldn't, you know, do anything else. So, whew, if y'all know me, y'all know, I, me, I start talking about my girl, I get a little emotional. But uh, today, let me, let me get onto the word. Today, we've got some good stuff for you. But I wanna kind of shoot back a few weeks. We kicked off this um, new series called Summer Mixtape. We kind of created our own summer hits mixtape by having different and various speakers and pastors come and share the word with us um, throughout the series. Um, I don't know if you guys remember any type of hits growing up on the summer um, and like one summer hit that you remember. I know for me, I don't know if y'all remember that song, Still My Sunshine in the 90s. Y'all remember that song? There was a hit, right? It was just a hit. No, I guess not. I guess not. I'm the only one. That was my song. But we've had some hits every week starting off the series, we start off with Pastor Brandon. He kicked us off. Amazing, obviously, always. And then the next week, we had Erica Peak sharing uh, how to live life from Sunday to Sunday uh, with a faith-filled family. Super encouraging, super convicting on how to better lead our families and, and be more faith-filled. Um, so 
thankful for her and, her, and, and the calling on her life. And then last week, we had Pastor Shep Stone from Pamplico, South Carolina, just deliver a gut-wrenching word on how to live for God and worship Him through difficult times. Who was here for that word last week? Come on, come on. Not a dry eye in the house? Whoa, come on. Not a dry eye in the house, gut-wrenching, needed. Listen, if you haven't heard that message, if you weren't here, you need to go back to the podcast and listen to that. I'm telling you, it's edifying your soul. It'll help you um, through if you go through any tough times in life. So today, we're going to kind of continue on that vein of how to live our faith out, how to live out for God past Sundays, going from Sunday to Sunday. Because let's be honest, living for God on Sundays can be really easy, right? It can be easy. You come in, you got an amazing parking team waving you down, saying, good morning, God bless you, glad you're here. You got an amazing connect team that's saying, holding the doors for you. They're welcoming you. The whole time you're here, you feel such a welcome atmosphere. Then you get this amazing worship that we give to God. It's only for God, but we get to enjoy it as well. It's easy to worship God and to serve God when you're around like-minded individuals who love God and want to know him more or, or, or know him. And so it can be easy, right? We leave on this high and we're excited. Um, some of the best naps, if you serve in church, some of the best naps are Sunday afternoon naps. Can I get an amen? And so you, yeah, come on. You leave church feeling like, well, not even feeling like knowing that you helped change the world, world by the power of the Holy Spirit and Jesus. And so you leave here knowing that, but then Monday hits and you're back at work. And Tuesday hits and you, you, you're hearing bad news and you're hearing you know, the radio talk about stuff, the news talk about stuff, Facebook, all this stuff. Wednesday hits and you're like, man, it's, it's only midweek, right? And you, you get into this thing where you begin to live Sunday and then Monday through Saturday, it, 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 feels like, it can feel like hell sometimes. Let's be, be true and honest. And so my goal today is to share some things for me that I've struggled with that maybe you can relate that you've struggled with on in the in-between, in the lull from Monday to Saturday of things that we can do better, things that we can move out the way to live a lifestyle of worship, to live a lifestyle of worship that is focused on Jesus, not on ourselves, and how to overcome tough things um, and to live that, live that out. And so that's, that's my message today is how to live out a lifestyle of worship from Monday to Saturday because we were created to worship. We were created to honor him with our lives, with our words, with our attitudes, with everything that we have about us, we were created to do that. And so um, what, you, what you value most in your life, since we were created to worship, what we value most in life, we can have a tendency to worship that. Because even though we were created to worship God, when sin came into the world, it distorted our view of worship, our natural sense of worship. Because before sin, we were created to just be in community with God, worship God day and night, walk in the garden, right? We were meant to do that, but because of sin and Adam and Eve's failure, that was got distorted. And so now we have to wage war with our flesh and with things of this world to keep us from not being distracted from worshiping God. Even here on today, I'm sure there's maybe something that you saw that as the song was playing, something caught your eye or there can be a distraction. And here at Radiate, we, we really work hard to try to keep a, a distraction-free environment so you can worship God and connect with him. But let's just be honest, like throughout the week, there's distractions, there's things that go wrong. We get a flat tire, the kid gets sick, um, you know, the, the spouse has a bad attitude and therefore you have a bad attitude because they're mad and you're mad. And it's like, it's just, all this stuff starts happening. And before long, you're like, you know, okay, you know, God, whatever. And it's, 
It can get that way, but we have to know that we have an enemy named Satan, the devil, that tries to get our eyes off of that because of sin. And so my job here today is to show a few things, maybe expose a few things that maybe we all struggle with, something that maybe we've, we've gotten better at, but maybe something that we didn't even realize could be hindering us from fully walking out a lifestyle of worship. Um, I wanna pray really quick. Can I just take a moment and just pray over us? Um, so let's just bow our heads and we're gonna pray together. God, right now, I just pray before I get into this message, Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would become upon our hearts uh, ever more powerful to help us to see, to, to discern the things, God, that I believe you want us to know and to look into our families, look into our hearts, look into our minds and to see the things that may stand between you and us, God, that you desire to be removed. Do you desire full attention of us, God. And I just pray today through this message, you would give us that boldness and courage to make the changes that, God, you call us to make in our lives, to worship you in spirit and in truth. And then we pray, amen. Thank y'all for praying with me. I'm excited about this because I know in order to live a true lifestyle of worship, we've got to get rid of some stuff. The Bible calls them idols. Idols, when you think of the word idol, you may think of like a golden calf, right? You may think of a statue that's maybe in your living room, maybe something that you, you wear around your neck or something like, I've seen that before. But you know that, I, well, you may not know, but idols don't always look like statues and golden calves. They don't. They come in all shapes and sizes, and it can be anything. It can be absolutely anything. Um, I want to kick us off with the scripture of Exodus, uh, Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 6, where God literally gives the why behind why idols are super important to get rid of. Why we should not worship idols. Why we should be vigilant and to know um, that they're not good for us. So Exodus verses 20, uh, sorry, chapter 20, verses one through six says this. Then God spoke all of these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me you shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children on the third time, on the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands, to those who love me, and keep my commandments. God gives an explicit why, uh, why idols are super important to get rid of because it can stand between his loving kindness that he has for you, the, the, the commandments that he calls us to live by, the, the principles and parameters. Pastor has done a great job the last uh, couple weeks before his vacation of explaining the whys behind God, why he has certain parameters and certain things to protect us from, right? Um, he even talked about in our Binge the Bible series. He was here for Binge the Bible. Who remembers that? Great series. If you, if you weren't here for it, go back and check it out. He literally goes book by book for the first couple books of the Bible, specifically the book of Exodus, where he, he, he begins to share where Moses had gone up the mountain to, to uh, just talk with God, pray with God, to learn from God. And Aaron was at the base of the mountain with all the people, right? And it, it talks about that the people begin to get impatient and begin to get annoyed. And they, they, where is Moses? Why is he not back yet? We're, we're hungry, we're waiting. We wanna know what's going on. And the Bible begins to tell that Aaron and those people built a golden calf. 
that they got impatient. They didn't want to wait upon the Lord. Where obedience matters, they decided to go make a sacrifice to a foreign God of their own making. And I want you to know that even though you may be waiting for an answer, you may be waiting for a solution, and you're asking God, where are you? I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of being in pain. I'm tired of my marriage feeling like it's failing. I'm tired of uh, my disobedient kids. I'm tired of a job where I feel like it's dead and going nowhere. Where are you, God? And I want you to know that God calls us to just be patient, to be obedient. So the word says that obedience is better than sacrifice, that if we just obey and wait upon the Lord, he will renew our strength again. And so it's important that we don't make an idol out of things that was not meant to be an idol because there are things that were never meant to be harmful, that were never meant um, to be bad, but because of selfishness and because of sin can become something that can be a stumbling block, that can be a, a barrier, that can try to block us from the presence of God, from knowing God. Um, idols aren't all golden calves and statues. Um, I remember there was, there's a TV show that's still on the air t- to this day that in the early 2000s was super, it was a massive hit. Who remembers, in, uh, in, it's still on, on TV today, but American Idol, who, who likes that show, remembers that show, right? Who still watches that show? I don't think anybody. But in the early 2000s, y'all, when Kelly Clarkson, Ruben Stutter was on there, it was, I, I remember as a kid, the grocery stores would be buzzing. Who are you voting for tonight? Who are you voting for? Oh, I like Clay and I like Ruben. I like Kelly Clarkson. And it, man, it, it, I remember even in church, I remember people talking about who they're going to vote for after church. Just crazy, right? And so that's an example of how something that is cool, a TV show, can take over our attention. Even while in church, you're talking about something that has really, it's silly, right? But that's a good example, funny example. Another one, we're going to take it back. Um, I wasn't even alive during this time, but who remembers Elvis Presley? Come on, has some good music, right, right? I, I don't think, maybe you were alive during that time and that's awesome, that was a, a, a great time, right? Elvis Presley today is considered an icon. He's the king of rock and roll, but back then he wasn't an icon, he was an idol. People literally fiend over him and fawned and would fall out and chase after him. He was highly sought after. Um, back then you didn't have things like Spotify and YouTube. So the fact of, of, of Elvis Presley coming to your town, it was kind of, honestly, it was, it was very reminiscent of how Jesus would go to the town and people would flock and they'd hear about it and it would create a stir. Uh, I, I, more or less, um, fast forward to more of our time, the 80s and 90s. We got any 80s and 90s people in here. Come on, love good 80s and 90s music. Michael Jackson, who likes Michael Jackson? Anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a Michael Jackson fan. Great music, you know, he wasn't a believer, um, no, no, not that I know of, but had great music. I remember as a kid seeing videos of him on, on the television and seeing where people would fall out, almost like they were having spiritual experiences of his music, being at concerts, being carried out, just craziness. Today he's considered an icon by his music, but back then he was an idol. He was, people, he was something that people just obsessed over, um, and to this day, there are millions of impersonators, people trying to look like him and dance like him. It's crazy. But that is an example of a person who, were one, who was once an idol. Um, but I tell you that today, it's not, it, it, idols can be more than a person, even though they can be today. It's way more than that. I'm gonna read a scripture, uh, Colossians chapter three, verses one through five. 
little context on this scripture. It, it's speaking to us as believers as we've come to know Jesus, but it also gives us context to unbelievers, um, to those who maybe don't, you don't ascribe to being a Christian. You don't maybe ascribe even believing in God. This is a scripture that I believe gives context on the reason why we may uh, long to fill our lives with something. And then when we do fill our lives with that one thing, we realize if it's not God, it's not healthy, it leaves us empty. And so this scripture right here, I believe, really gives context to us as believers and even unbelievers. Let's read this together. Uh, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. And here's the key verse. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passions, evil desires, and greed, which all amounts to idolatry. All these things that whether you're a believer or you're not, these are things that can come for us, catch our attention, and and basically say, you know, hey, worship me, lean into me. And so God is, Jesus is warning us of this. And so for us to be vigilant and to be watchful, we are dead to this life and we are alive in Jesus. And so, um, you know, if you're in here and you say, I, you know, still, I'm not really an unbeliever. These are things that I believe that if you take notice, you'll start to see the need of why Jesus is the solution. You'll start to see that God is the one true God and the one that loves you and, 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 and created you and had you in mind from the beginning that he desires relationship with you. Therefore, he warns us of things that can hurt us, that can keep us from having relationship with him. Um, and so that's why that scripture right there is so important. There's a quote that I found from a book from uh, author Tim Keller. Uh, it's a book called Counterfeit Gods. Amazing quote that really breaks down on how to spot an idol in your life. It goes like this. It says, it's, an idol is anything more important to you than God. Anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God and anything that you seek to give you what only God can give. That is a little three-thing, three-prong phrase, quote, that can really uh, begin to reveal certain things in our lives, in our families. Like, hey, man, actually, that right there, uh, the imaginations, man, I am just, you know, I'm getting it wrong here or... I'm seeking this more than I am God. I'm getting, it begins to reveal the things that maybe we haven't taken notice or have, has snuck by us. There was a study done from Lifeway Research that says this, more than half of U.S. Protestant pastors believe comfort, control, or security, money, and approval are idols that have significant influence over their congregations. So it's not just about being unbelievers. It's, it can also sneak into the church. Um, it says that over 67%, they believe that over 67% are dealing with uh, the, the idol of comfort. 56% is uh, dealing with the idol of being in control or needing security. Uh, 55% is money. Uh, 51% is approval. So those are pretty high numbers of, of pastors who, who work with people and love on people and n- take notice of the things they're struggling with so that's in the church. 
And so I'm here to encourage you today that we're going to take notice that not in our church, not in Radiate Church, we're gonna take notice of the things that God is calling us to let go of, calling us to step out of, calling us to say, hey, that's not of God. I'm trusting the one true God and his name is Jesus today. And so when I think about all these things, like it, like it said, like it's trying to sneak into the church, I think uh, as like a kind of a, a story to kind of illustrate it, I remember in high school, and maybe you can ascribe to this as well, in high school, you, you've had your morning classes and you're ready for lunch, right? You're starving. And you go to get in, get in line. Maybe you're the first in line. Maybe you've been waiting 10 minutes and you've gotten closer to the front of the line to get your lunch. And then all of a sudden you see this one person that you really, you don't, you're not really friends with them. You know them. Um, really, they may even, you may even not even like them, but they come up to you and they say, hey man, uh, good to see you. Hey, I like your shoes. Hey, that shirt looks so good on you. And they begin to kind of sneak in. And before long, they are in front of you eating the meal that you've been waiting for and they've cut in line in front of you, right? Not a good feeling, right? But I, it's, it's funny, but I believe that idols and certain things like that, they, that is their tendency. They present themselves as to being sweet and cool. Hey, I, you know, how are you doing? It's good to see you. Um, I, I can give you joy that's everlasting. Hey, that thing right there, I can fulfill every need that you have. And they begin to influence you. And before long, it has taken the top slot in your life. And you look back 10 years later, like, man, where did I go wrong? And you see where that little thing had snuck in the front of the line and had taken the slot that God that only God deserves to be in. And so I got a few things that I, I, I wanna just kind of hit on, um, just to expose. I was really praying over it this week and I really battled over it. I was like, God, I want to talk about the tough things that God, um, maybe sometimes we're afraid to talk about, um, not here at church, but like as people uh, that we are, you know, just, just exposing, shining a light on it. And there's some things here that I, I feel like that we all can say, you know what, I've struggled with that. Maybe I don't struggle with this anymore, but that, that, that right there I need to work on. And so we're going to dig into that quote that goes like this. It says, anything more important to you than God, right? Anything that's more important to you than God. Um, it could be your career. It could be your, your, your seeking of growing and going up the corporate ladder where you're putting in 50, 60 hours a week. And, you know, you're, it starts off great because you're providing for your family. You're building security for your family, which you should do. You know, husbands, for your, you know, you're leading your family. You're creating stability which is what we're called to do. But before long, it starts to take a little turn and it becomes to where we build our entire schedules around that. We, we go years, two to three years, and we look back and we're like, I haven't taken a vacation in almost three years. Careers can have a tendency that if we allow it to, it'll keep sneaking in and putting that foot closer in. And before long, your whole family is about that career and it's not about uh, growing together, right? What's, what once was meant to bring provision now is keeping us captive. And so careers can be that way. Our reputation, yeah, you know, one easy way is when you come in here and we're, you know, we're worshiping God, we're lifting up our hands. Sometimes that little voice says, ah, you shouldn't lift your hands because you, you know that person sitting across the, the row from you, they used to know you 10 years ago. They used to know the stuff you struggle with. Hey, that person over there, you know, they, they don't like you. And you start to hear these things and you begin to worry about your reputation and you worry about what people think about you. And what happens is you stop worshiping and then you start focusing on what they care about, 
We, I've heard stories as your worship pastor. I hear people talk about it all the time. Like, I just, I feel like I want to lift my hands, but I'm so worried people's going to think about me. And, you know, I don't want to embarrass my husband, my wife. And, it's, and it's, it's so funny because it's all the same trick the enemy uses. People is looking at you. People are, they know you. And honestly, y'all, no, nobody's looking at you. Everybody here has a story. Everybody here has something they've been through. And Jesus is desiring you to worship him, not only here on Sundays in, in worship, but through your lives. Hey, you're gonna go in Walmart one day and you're gonna see someone from 10 years ago. They're like, man, I don't, I don't want them to see me. And you, maybe you, that's already happened to you. And I believe in that moment, that's where we shouldn't shy away from that. We should lean into that. Because there's moments that Jesus can use us with people that we have history with to show them the life-changing power of Jesus in us and who we are and what we say and what we do. Everybody's got a past, but those are the moments we don't worry about our, repu our reputation. We worry about, we focus on the reputation of Jesus, building his kingdom, building who he is. It's all about him, making him famous. Traditions, um, that's a pretty broad word, right? In church, you have all kinds of traditions, which are great, right? And even just in life, uh, you have traditions. For me, I know for me and my family, I struggled uh, with uh, Christmas. My wife is probably laughing right now because when we got married, I didn't realize honestly how much I loved Christmas with my family. And maybe you, you kind of know what I'm talking about. You and your family, you have Christmas traditions. You know, you go to grandma's on this day, you have cookie night. On this day, we're watching Elf. And on this day, we're watching this. And on this day, we're doing this. And I didn't realize that when I got married that things change and you can't do all the same things that you did before you got married. You can't do those things. You can, there's that compromise, but I, I struggle with that. And I realized like, I really love these things. But then when I got them into order and I realized the order that it's God, my family and everything else, I realized that creating new traditions with my girls was even better than the old ones that I had before. When I began to see them open presents and see them make bake cookies and see them decorate the tree, you see that traditions can have a way to get us out of whack, but the traditions can be a good thing, but it also can be a thing that can um, throw off the order that God calls us to. Um, and our preference. Preference, let's just be honest, we all have preferences. Um, you may have thought the music sounded great today. You may have thought the, the drums were a little loud today. You may have thought the drums sounded great today. I'm a drummer, um, and so I know when I hit, I get a little hard because I know God is worthy of the praise. So, um, in, I think it's in Psalms, it says, praise him on the high cymbals, on the louding, on loud cymbals. We believe that here. We love to worship God through all of music. And so we all have preferences. And I want you to know, just on the side note, that we work hard here at Radiate Church to, again, to provide safe levels of music. And so we know that everything is not for everybody and, and music can get a little loud here and there, but we run things at safe levels and we love to just worship God. We love to get loud in here, amen? Amen, amen. Yeah, help me out, come on. And so worshiping God, uh, if we're not careful, our preferences can take over. And so uh, number two, let me keep moving on. Anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God. This is, a, this is a good one because um, everyone in here has this one thing. We all have dreams. We all have dreams to accomplish big goals. We all have dreams for our families, our children, our careers. Um, I have dreams that I wanna write a ton of songs and I wanna give it to people and to see their lives. I have dreams of doing that. And we all have dreams, right? And we want to pursue those things. But those dreams out of order can become idols that glorify us when this should be dreams that glorify him. 
We can use our careers to glorify him. We can use how we raise our children, how we, um, how we do and operate in these dreams to glorify him. I think of, um, that absorbs your heart and imagination. I think of fear and worry. Um, uh, I think of how worry has a tendency, to, definitely in today's um, day and age of anxiety and panic, how it can rule our mind if we let it. It can rule our heart and everything we do if we let it. We can, we'll plan our schedules around worry and fear of something happening if we let it. And so I'm just here to encourage you that if you struggle with that, know that there's a God who loves you. The Bible says that he gives a peace that surpasses all understanding. You will have a peace that you're like, I don't even know why I have peace. This is happening, but God, I just feel like you're here with me. His, his promises are true. Um, in the Bible, it says over 300 times, do not fear. Over 300 times. That's something important. God wants us to know that, yes, there's an enemy. Yes, there's things that's scary and things that may worry us. That's normal. But when it becomes where we live our life around that thing and our life is dictated by that thing, that has become an idol. God literally says, have I not commanded you? He literally commands us to not be afraid. Our, our, our physical and, 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 and emotional response a lot of times is to be afraid, but we have to be reminded by the word is that he has come and he has overcome the world, that he is a constant, he is consistent. He's never late and he's never too early. He's right on time. Even when we think he's late, just like uh, Aaron and the uh, God's people that were building idols, they thought he was late. God had a plan. He was working the plan. But because his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, we have to trust in his word that he knows what he's doing and he's got us in his hand. Amen? Amen. Let's keep going. Number three, anything that you seek to give you what only God can give you. This was a big one for me. I, I remember being a single guy uh, before I got married, I, you know, I always thought that this, this idea of marriage will completely complete me. My kids that I have coming in the future are gonna, that's my goal, that's my dream. They're gonna, they're gonna complete me. And that's further from the truth. Like it's a privilege and it's something that God blesses us with, but it's not something I live my life for, right? Um, wholeness and relationships, we, you know, if you're dating in here or, or you're, you know, maybe you're engaged, maybe you're single, um, you have to live by the word because God does have parameters set for us to protect us, to, to direct our steps, because there's nothing worse than getting in the wrong relationship that doesn't honor God, that doesn't glorify him, and it takes you down a road that you know you're not supposed to be on. I've always heard it said like this, that sin will take you where you wanna go, but it will keep you far too long than you wanna stay there. And so we have to know that wholeness in relationships can become a, an idol. Yes, being married on that, that's beautiful. Having someone that you can share life with is beautiful, but they cannot be our God. They cannot supply us with every need. We will be left empty and wanting. And that's honestly, um, honestly, I believe that's where a lot of divorce comes from because we look for people to supply every need. We look for people to agree with everything we say. We look for people to fill every single need at every single moment, but they are not God. And it is not fair to put them on that pedestal, only God can satisfy, only God can meet every need with that. Wholeness in relationships, money, drugs, pornography, things that can be used for a quick fix, to feel satisfied, 
to, to help us to feel like we're, we're whole, but knowing that it only leads to destruction, knowing that it can, it can ruin families, it can ruin friendships, it can ruin everything about you, um, things that are, are quick fixes. And uh, I, I think about something that we honestly, we all have, we all have in our possession uh, for the most part. I think about cell phones. Um, cell phones are a powerful tool of knowledge and wisdom. You can Google anything and you can get a quick information. You got a headache? Cool. This is what it is. This is what it could be. And honestly, that creates anxiety and fear when you look at all that. WebMD is not your friend. Um, you got this powerful device that you could connect to anybody, that you can talk to people you never thought you could talk to. You can see things and know things and be informed of things. It is a powerful tool that can be used for good, used for his glory, but can also entrap us and ensnare us and take us down a wrong road. There's a couple apps that um, I, I can think of. And I just want you to know today's apps, the way they do apps as a tech guy that, you know, I oversee all of our social media channels here at Radiate, the way apps have changed is incredible. It's no longer you log in and you just click things. Apps are built to steal your attention. They are built to get you to look more, look longer, and to keep you checking for more information. It's just this need. It, it builds a need in you to know more. Uh, apps like TikTok, and listen, I'm not saying that things are evil, but I am saying the enemy can use things that can be used for evil, right? Um, these apps can be used for good. Right now, I'll tell you right now, on Facebook, we have a sermon reel of, of pastor preaching a, a, a snippet of marriage that has almost a million views on it. Almost a million views of people receiving the gospel. Come on, let's give God glory for that. In a dark world that is full of sin, right? That, that needs the light of Jesus. And we have had a thumbprint in that. We've, uh, God has lifted one of our reels. It's like a 60 second clip of saying that marriage was ordained by God and that marriage is a privilege. And people post on there, they agree, disagree, but it's the gospel. And so being on these apps, it's important because we be a, we're the light of the world, right? We shine the light in the darkness. But if we're not careful, it can also ens ensnare us. I think about the app TikTok. Um, I bet if I was to say, hey, if you have a TikTok account and I asked you to raise your hand, this whole place would probably have their hands up. If you don't know what TikTok is, TikTok is an application where its whole purpose is to give you viral videos. Viral videos that are thousands upon thousands of views and likes that other people like, and it begins to feed you those things. The trick behind this app is the more that you swipe it quickly, you're telling it, eh, I don't like that, I don't care for that, that's cool, I don't like that. But the moment you stop and you pause for a second, it says, okay, he likes that, she likes that. And before long, your timeline begins to be filled with the things that your heart desires, that your, that your, your mind wants, whether it be dreams, Mine, it was filled with gaming and tech. Uh, my wife was marriage stuff, uh, house interior stuff. And your timeline, your algorithm may be something completely different. And so I don't know if you guys you know, have done this, but me and my wife, we, we, we have laid in bed with our backs to each other, scroll TikToks and like, hey, babe, look at that one and laugh. <laughs> babe, this one's you. <laughs> like that one's you. Like, and we've spent an hour on an application doing nothing where we could have spent... an hour in the word, praying together. But being the leader of the home, I failed. And I looked at her, I said, I'm getting this off my phone. It's not worth it. It's, it's burning time where I could be spending time with y'all. 
Um, I just burning time on work, doing ministry, right? And the only time I ever, and this is what I do, I'm, a, I'm just being transparent. I, I install it for us to post a sermon reel and I uninstall it. Because I know that these apps, which are good and can be used, it just steals your attention. And everyone's human and you can get your eyes off of things and you get your eyes off of God and focus on dumb things that really have no eternal value. And so God is calling us to say, look at the things that you have your hands in. Look at the things that you're walking in. Look at the things that your kids are looking at, that they're experiencing. Is all they experience is a dad on their cell phone sitting on the couch all the time. Is that what they're experiencing? God is calling us men, women, to look and say, what are the idols that have snuck into our lives that have cut to the front of the line and is taking the attention off of God? God being the supplier of life, God being the one that gives us joy, the one that gives us peace. TikTok can't give us peace. It may give us a, a quick fix of a laugh and a, and, and a funny meme, but it does not bring us life eternal as Jesus does. He died on the cross and he rose again so that we could have relationship with the Father and be in connection with him. And I just wanna say again, there's nothing, apps and all that, that's fine, it's great. We use it for the glory of God. We use it to do ministry. But I just feel like it, in this day and age, it is important to talk about, to check what your kids are looking at. You know, wives and husbands, be accountable to one another for what you're looking at. It is important. And so that's all I got. I just, I wanted to share a few things that I feel like it, within church and really just in life, that if we're not careful, can come between us and our family, us and our kids, us and what God has put in us. God has put dreams, God dreams in all of us, that if we're not careful, those dreams become about us. They become about something else when they are designed for God. Can we stand together and pray together? Just stand all around this room and honor the presence of God. With every head bowed and eyes closed, we're just gonna take a moment and pray together. I just wanna to speak to those in the room right now that you may not ascribe to be a believer. You may not, you may not say, yeah, you know, I'm, not, I'm not a Christian. I don't know if I, I really believe in this, but you've heard every word that I've said and you, and you know without a shadow of a doubt that something on the inside of you is missing. Something on the inside of you is longing for more. Something that a video can't provide, something that a, a drug can't, can't give you a relationship can't give you, but you know that there is a massive hole in your heart that only something bigger than yourself can fill. I speak to that person today to know that Jesus is calling you. Jesus desires relationship with you. The Holy Spirit is, is longing to empower you and to help you walk this life, to walk and have a godly marriage, a godly, a godly walk to impact the world around you. He desires to walk with you. And I just encourage you, if you're in here today and you want to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you want to know that, hey, I know where I'm going after I, I take my last breath. And you wanna know Jesus today, I wanna give you that opportunity. If you just raise your hand, no one's looking around. If you'll raise your hand and say, hey, that's me. I wanna know Jesus before I walk out of this, this room today. Will you raise your hand really quick? Amen. I wanna take a moment and speak to those that us, that we say, hey, I'm a Christian, I love Jesus, I believe in God, I'm here to know him more and to grow with him. I have failed, I have put things in the top slot that God deserves. I have not walked out a lifestyle of worship like I should have. And I am here today saying no more. Uh, TikTok is great, but not over my family. 
Uh, Facebook is great, but I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna miss out on what God is trying to show me. Uh, these things are great, but God is greater. If you're in this place and you said you've struggled with that, but today is the day you say all that changes, just throw your hand up in there and say, God, me, I say, I'm, my hand's up, my hand's up here, I'm up. I am turning it around and God, I'm putting you in the top slot today because you're worthy of it all. Jesus, you're worthy of it all. You're worthy, you're more worthy than an app. You're more worthy than another person. You're more worthy uh, of any dream that I have, God. I give it to you and I put you in the top slot. So God, right now, I pray over those people that have their hands up. I have my hand, hand up right now, Jesus, to know, God, that your spirit is leading us by your word, by your presence, to know you more. God, help us to identify the things that try to sneak into, into our lives, onto our phones, on, into our families, and, and try to steal our attention from what matters most. God, help us to see, expose it in that moment, and give us the courage and boldness to make a change to do something different. Repentance is making a change, going the opposite way. Not just saying I'm sorry about it, but making a change. God, we repent today and we say we're making a change for our families, for our children, for our future families and children. Whatever that looks like, God, we say today, we are, we are making a change, God. We give you praise. In your name we pray, amen. Come on, let's give him praise today for the courage to make the change. It's by his spirit that all things are possible and we can do it if we have his spirit and we do. Really quick, before we head out, thank you for going with me. Thank you for sticking with me. Uh, I ascribe to be more of a worship leader, but this word today has been bubbling in my soul and the enemy woo, has fought me over it. And I hope you have taken something from it to build your family, build your faith, build your leadership as a man, as a godly man to walk out the life that God has called you to walk out. Before you leave, I just wanna encourage you, if you're not in a life group and you want, you want community, you wanna grow in your faith, you, you need relationships, godly relationships, then we have life groups. There's a QR code on the screen that you can scan and be a part of to find you a life group that fits you, fits your schedule and all that stuff. But I challenge you, find something that doesn't fit your schedule. Make a sacrifice, say, God, I'm taking this serious. I'm gonna join a group that's gonna challenge me and grow me. Men, there's a, I just want you to know that there is a men's life group that meets once a month right here at Radiate Church. Um, a group full of men that are, are seeing life change happen in their families, that are talking real and raw things that men that we struggle with. You need to sign up for that. You need to be here. You can get more information um, at the Connect Center. But God is, is doing an important, incredible thing in our men here at Radiate, and you can be a part of that. And lastly, you can be a part of a team where you can serve God through things. Uh, you can, like we have our creative team, we have parking safety. You can be a part of helping change the world in ways you never knew. But let me say this, you join a life group, you do a team, if you do all that, but you don't get the main thing, the main thing, it doesn't matter. Jesus is the reason why we do it. Jesus is who we desire to walk after, that we chase after. We, we seek him first in everything. Seek first the kingdom and everything else will fall in. I love you guys. Let's invite someone next week to be here for next week. We gotta, it's gonna have a, a, an amazing message that you're gonna love. Be here, invite someone, and let's go change the world. I love you guys. We'll see you next week, okay? Have a great week. Love y'all.